Good morning and welcome to episode 804 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, brought to you by the Play Index at BaseballReference.com. I'm Sam Miller, along with Ben Lindbergh of 538. Hello, Ben. Hi. How are you? Feel good. Like Mike Trout in a snowstorm. What, what was the update on that? Mike Trout went on a weather channel or something? He went on the weather channel to talk about the storm with his pal, Jim Cantori. And he did a few-minute spot, just giving an update from Millville. Wait, uh, so did he have any meteorological uh, contribution, or was he just describing what he saw? Yeah, he was really just describing conditions. He wasn't wasn't reading the radar or anything. Did he describe conditions using meteorological jargon? I wouldn't say he did, no. He really just brought enthusiasm to it. He was very enthusiastic. He said, I think my my favorite thing that he said was obviously up all night, up every hour, checking the measurements. The the obviously made that obviously up all night, every hour, checking the measurements. Who wouldn't be? And um, obviously, I, I don't know if we've mentioned it. I, I don't know if this is one of the Mike Trout ticks, but I believe that obviously is a Mike Trout tick. Right. Yeah. I think we've talked about that maybe with Pedro Mora, but uh, <laughs> yeah, well, he, he meant it this time. He was up all night. Cantori asked him about the power, whether power was down, and Trout had a friend from the power department who was just at his house <laughs> telling him how the power department was handling the, the storm. So I like to imagine he just has this weather bunker set up with experts from from every field at his house while he's up all night every hour checking the measurements. There's ve- There are very few things uh, in weather that are easier to measure than snow. Like you don't really need any fancy equipment, right? Yeah, right. You, yeah. You could, a ruler will do. make sure it's not a, a drift. A drift is like snow that, what, has fallen from, from its landing spot? Tumbled? Yeah, or wind blew it into a pile. Uh-huh. So I am i don't think that this rules out the fact that Mike Trout is a, is a skilled meteorologist, but this sounds like they could have gotten an eight-year-old. Basically, to, yeah. To be, to be enthusiastic about he snow. He brought the same childlike wonder right. to his segment that an eight-year-old would have. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, right. so he didn't really showcase his skills. But, huh. But he was fine. Okay. He was uh, overcome by the moment. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. Unscripted. Uh-huh. And uh, I wonder I wonder if he, he asked them or if they asked him. Well, he's been a Twitter friend of Cantori for a while, and he tweeted at Cantori, I think, on Facebook. Friday tweeted a video of Trout driving through the snow, showing the snow falling through his windshield. So I would imagine that Cantori followed up on that tweet. It's been crazy for sure is also the most Mike Trout <laughs> thing <laughs> yeah. that you could say. Uh, and uh, only audio, not video. No, There was right. no stand-up. Right. No, that would have been great if they had gone to him live in his living room. All right. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm waiting. I, th- I don't know that this advances the storyline that much. No, I mean we we know that this is a thing. It's a very so. it's it's it just the thing about this is is that I don't think it really necessarily lives up to what Mike Trout deserves because there's very little investment has has been made in it. Like he doesn't invest any particular effort into it, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he's just on the phone, right? You know, yes. no, so. I mean he's been up every hour checking the measurements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like in like a newborn baby. Yeah, <laughs> make sure it's still breathing. All right, so is that all the baseball you consumed this weekend? Pretty much. All right, ready, ready to talk? Sure. All right, so I wanted to talk about 
who won the offseason using the uh, effectively wild uh, approved measure of winning the offseason, which is the change in World Series odds on Bovada from <laughs> uh, the day after the World Series to now. And uh, the thing I like about the day after the World Series odds uh, is that they uh, presumably attempt to factor in who is likely to be going out and getting good players. And so it isn't just a matter of going, oh, well, this team signed three players, therefore they won the offseason. If the expectation is that you would sign three players, if everybody's looking at you and going, well, that's a buyer, I bet they'll buy, uh, then you have a higher bar to clear because that should be baked in to the odds. Uh, and uh, and yet, uh, you know, teams don't follow their offseason plans uh, necessarily. And then uh, sometimes their offseason is shaped as much by what their division rivals do or don't do as what they do or don't do. And so all sorts of things can can change. And of course, winning the offseason uh, does not necessarily mean that you've made great long term franchise decisions. But uh, it does mean that you have increased your, well, at least the uh the perceived chances that you have of uh, winning the World Series this year, uh, mm-hmm. so that seems like a good way to measure who won the offseason, right? If you're gonna, if you're gonna do it, can't think of a better way to do it. No, I mean you could you could do it just purely based on projections or something. If you had projections at the beginning of the offseason and projections at the end of the offseason, which people generally don't have them at the beginning of the offseason. Well, it's, it's, a... Im- it's impossible to because you don't know who you're going to lose. I mean, you've, right. you've got free agents. Some teams have more players leaving for free agency. Mm-hmm. than other teams uh yeah. and uh, your team is just not settled yet so yeah so this is a wisdom of the gamblers approach exactly so uh, so i've got uh 30 major league baseball teams i've got their uh their odds from i think november 2nd uh or november 1st maybe and their odds now and i'm going to look at the players i'm going to tell you the players that uh, the teams that most changed their outlooks according to uh bovada and uh, and then you can tell me what you think is interesting about those things. All right. All right. Should I should I guess? Yeah, yeah. Of course you should guess. <laughs> so <laughs> first first guess the bottom. Who who got the worst? Who lost the off season? Hmm. And by the way, it's sort of interesting. I don't know if this will be interesting to you, but twenty four teams chances got worse huh. because the teams that got that the, their chances got better uh, got much better. All right. Which is odd. I mean, not odd, but uh, notable. Yeah, maybe the Angels. Also, hang on. Also, what? Let me uh, let me just uh, back that up a little okay. bit. It is also the case that the odds got worse for the better. Just generally speaking, if you bet on every team on November second, and then you bet on every team today, uh, you would lose a lot more money today uh, uh-huh. because they have watered down the odds somewhat. Which is wait, no, the opposite. Yeah, mm-hmm. the opposite. They've gotten better for the better. So I guess oh. maybe they, I don't know if that's a systematic thing or if they simply uh, set the uh, set the odds uh, a little too unfriendly and they weren't getting the action they needed and they had to uh, sweeten it a little bit. Mm. Uh, but the odds have gotten collectively better that no team will win it. Okay. All right. So I'm going to say team whose odds got worse by the most, I'll say the Cardinals. All right. Uh, well, the Cardinals then. Uh, yes. n- not a not a horrible guess. The Cardinals' odds were eighteen to one, or sorry, twelve to one on November first, and they're eighteen to one now. So uh, your uh, return on investment has gone up fifty percent if you waited. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got and, Lackey leaving, you got Hayward leaving, you've got you, the you do, Cole but, Correa thing, which maybe just makes people negative about the Cardinals. But you also I, yeah. had the Cubs getting way better. 
You, I mean, that you knew Lackey and Hayward were leaving. That's the great thing about this is that it, it was not a surprise that Hayward and Lackey hit free agency. They could have re-signed no. them, of course. Somewhat of a surprise that Hayward left and went uh-huh. to a division rival. Yeah, but it's a fine guess. It's a it's a fine guess. Uh, okay. the I take one, it not the correct one. Not the correct one. They also they uh, traded John Jay for Jed Jerko. <laughs> yeah, that was a big odds mover. Not a yeah, you're right, but <laughs> probably a, I I think that's a good trade for them for 2016. Uh huh. I think. All right. Well. Anyway, though, they, let me just to, to put it in perspective. They are the uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth, tied for the eighth worst offseason loser. Hmm. All right. How about the Braves? The Braves tied with the Cardinals. They went from, not in odds, but in change. They went from 100 to 1 to 150 to 1. Uh huh. Okay. Angels? Uh, the Braves, by the way, did though, well, no. They, uh, they went from the second worst odds to now the worst odds. Uh, uh-huh. the, the Angels, very, very, you're getting closer. They're the fifth. They're the fifth. And of the teams that were considered, that I, I would say that you could consider in the, in the upper half, of teams going into the offseason. Uh, they uh, are tied with one other team uh, for the biggest drop. They went from 20 to 1 to 33 to 1. And that might have been, they might have been my guess too. Because you you do never know. I mean, if you're betting on what the Angels are going to do in the offseason, you generally have no idea. Uh, but you can't rule out that they'll go and sign three free agents right. uh, and be yeah. the team that tries to win the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they really didn't. They had a, a, a you know fairly a fairly quiet offseason they basically got Angleton Simmons that was their one big move but you know they were already pretty pretty okay at shortstop so it's not like even a massive upgrade for the the short term necessarily Mm -hmm. all right the Orioles no no that's just a bad one (laughs) okay (laughs) who'd the or why would the Orioles they they didn't who'd they lose they lose anybody Chen they lost Chen yeah and the Red Sox did a lot of stuff Orioles didn't really bring in anyone new i mean the reds the I mean, reds uh yes I'll, I'll just give you uh the reds are second in this they're tied for second with two huh. other teams and the two other teams the brewers and the padres they all started at the same place and they are not now all at the same place they all went from 50 to 1 to 101 uh to 100 to 1 uh brewers, really yeah well they didn't do anything yeah but did anyone expect them to do anything no but there's always the chance they would and they didn't I guess so Maybe the the Padres might be the one team that looks a little off in that group. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think that the Brewers. You know, if you had asked me at the beginning of the offseason what their World Series odds were, they would have been probably the worst or second worst or something. And now they still would be. I don't know. They, yeah, they haven't moved my odds very much. So, can I tell you the answer? Yes, it is the Rays. Huh. All right. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I, I don't know exactly it's what anybody what would, I would have guessed with any of my first, however many guesses I made. Yeah, I it, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what anybody expected the Rays to do this off season. Can you name a thing the Rays did this off season? They lost John Chaso. I think they got Hank Conger. Yes, they did that. <laughs> um, Oh, they they got Logan Morrison. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. They did the uh, that trade with the, the Mariners. The trade with the Mariners. Yeah, so they have Brad Miller now. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's what the Rays did. I mean, there's there's you know you you gotta figure that there's there's you know forty decent free agents out there and some really good ones, and every time somebody signs one of these free agents, their chances go up, and those odds have to come from somewhere, right? 
Mm-hmm. And so if the Rays yeah. aren't coming from anywhere. They signed Steve Pierce. They did <laughs> sign Steve Pierce. So, you know, I don't know. The, the, on the, you're, you, it's kind of why I picked the Orioles because they didn't do much to improve themselves. And that's true. It seems like, you know, other teams in the division got better. Uh-huh. So well, I the Orioles. Why the Orioles don't go down and the Rays go down the most? Maybe because the Orioles could have lost. Well, the the Orioles were That's in a position true. where they could have lost Davis and Weeders. Yeah. And so if you're, I mean, if you're starting on November second with the say seventy percent chance that Davis goes somewhere else and maybe sixty percent chance that Weeders goes somewhere else, then they get credit for signing sixty percent of Weeders and seventy percent of Davis. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Yeah, sure. The Ra- okay. Yeah, the Rays are... Anyway, that's not that... In- the bottom, not that interesting. Because there isn't really a team that fundamentally changed what they're doing this offseason. You know, like we talked about with the Central, where you didn't know what any of the five AL Central teams were going to do. And you could have made the case that any of them could have been buyers or sellers. Uh, and they all kind of... Nobody, for instance, nobody sold. None of them said, well... We're not going to do it, and uh, they all pretty much made steps. And so there isn't really a team. You could argue that the Braves upped their level of selling for sure, but they were already such a long shot, and uh, that's really it. Yeah. All right, so go to the fun side. Who won the offseason, Ben? Okay, the Diamondbacks? The Diamondbacks are third. The Diamondbacks went from 50-1 to to 20-1. to All right. Yeah, they seem like the sort of team that maybe – Betters would respond to because they did things. They did high-profile things. And the Diamondbacks, I mean, they were a team that last... For instance, if last year they had had... Now, NCR Day, taking NCR Day away, is, it hurts them a little bit. But So let's say that they were a team that last year had had, had Granky and had had Shelby Miller. Uh, they would have been right there. They might have... You know, they probably wouldn't have made the playoffs, but they would have been right there. And so you're taking a team that... Uh, is an afterthought at 50 to 1. They entered the offseason the same place that the Brewers did, for instance. And you could have seen them just kind of limping into the season and dropping like the Brewers did. Uh, and instead, they uh, they went and signed a, you know the best free agent available. So the Diamondbacks are a classic jump team, I think, yeah. where they're right on the bubble. They could, they're not only did they add a bunch of players, but they're right on that line where you don't know whether they're going to be winning 68 or 90 uh and the offseason really tells you that at least they're aspiring to 90 Mm -hmm. all right red sox red sox are just behind the diamondbacks so they're they went from 20 to 1 to 9 to 1 and they are now the al favorites Uh uh-huh uh and besides david price they got craig kimbrell they got carson smith Mm -hmm. uh but they also I don't know, 20, doesn't 20, it, going into the offseason, well, you might, to 20 probably assumes that they were going to do some stuff because they yeah. you, they usually do, especially when they uh, are coming off a bad season and when they've managed to clear some payroll. But uh, the Red Sox were, if you had just looked at their roster on November 2nd, they wouldn't have probably been anywhere near 20 to 1, right? Probably not. No. Like there's probably some expectation there. Mm-hmm. that yeah. they were going to do the stuff, and they did the stuff. Well, uh, how about last offseason's big odds movers? The Cubs, did they move again? They did, Ben. Okay. They're the second Ooh. second on this list. The Cubs went from 20, sorry, 11 to 1 to 4 to 1. 
Four to one. Four to one. <laughs> Four to one. Four to one to win the World Series. Wow. Yeah. So, so no team should ever be four to one, right? No team. You could maybe make the case that a team should be four to one on the eve of the playoffs. Like, like once you've already made the playoffs? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Maybe. I'm not even so, sure that. No. Yeah. Maybe. So last offseason, I don't remember what the Cubs went to, but I thought, I think maybe we both thought that it was a little over optimistic how much their odds improved. As it turns out, I guess. Not really, but yeah, four to one just seems like something no team should ever be just because of how crazy the playoffs get. Even if you think they are certain to make the playoffs, it's still aggressive. How, All right. Yeah. I wonder how certain they are to make the playoffs. Like, I wonder what Vegas's odds of them making the playoffs are. Yeah. Especially as a division. I mean, they're still in the toughest division to win outright. Right, even with the Cardinals losing those two guys, even with the Pirates not really doing much, there's still that's still probably the division that you would have to bet on the second place team winning the most games. Okay, well, I've got a couple other possibilities. Are the Mariners on here? The Mariners, well, all 30 teams are on here, <laughs> right. Just in case you were worried. <laughs> no, the Mariners are the opposite, Ben. The Mariners are actually just slightly better than the Angels. And I wonder, really? yeah, what you thought about that. So the Mariners actually, wow. Mariners went from 25 to 1 to 40 to 1. And so they actually are, they improved or they got almost as worse <laughs> by these expectations as the Angels, proportionately. And they are actually still underdogs to the Angels, according to these. And uh, there, was a, there was a lot of action. And I know it seemed like there was a Mariners move every day. Yeah. And for a while, like when Jerry would make a move, there'd be like the sort of, there'd be like almost Preller comps. Like he comes into this new organization and then he immediately makes like, you know, 30 moves and look at him, he's making the team his own. But there were much smaller moves than Mm -hmm. Preller did. And if you really like step back and look at it, it's not like he really added a lot of all-stars. He tried, he made a lot of moves that, you know, would hopefully make them a couple percent better. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know. Adam Lind. You, you underrated Adam Lind once. <laughs> His newsworthiness. Yeah. You trying um, to get me to do it again? It, yeah. <laughs> is that your goal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They and, got they got Aoki, who you love. They got Martine. Mm-hmm. They got um, Ionetta. Uh, Ionetta. They got Wade Miley. They got Nathan Carnes. They got Adam Lind. Leonis they got Martine. Steve Clevenger. They got <laughs> Steve Ciszek. They got uh-huh. Joaquin Benoit. They got Evan Scribner. They got Resigned uh, Vidal, Iwakuma. Vidal yeah. Nu- yeah, they got Vidal Nuno. I mean, they have half of a new team. Yep. But but then also, if I just put all those guys on a team and said, how good's this team? You'd be like, well, who else do they have? Yeah. And the good news <laughs> is they also have, you know, they, they, they have Cano and they have Cruz and they have Felix and they have Seeger and they have good players. So mm-hmm. they're, they could be a good team. It's yeah. just that if you if you take out the players they swapped out for who they swapped in it, Kind of looks like, you know, oh, it's great. Without spending any more money, they added, you know, two or three wins or something like that. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it's not a huge, splashy offseason. It's more quantity over yeah. flash. And DePoto was hired, I think, a few days before you pulled the odds. So if there was any movement from that. You think there was a DePoto bump already? <laughs> I think they'd already baked in the DePoto, DePoto bump? <laughs> Maybe. All right. How about the Giants? There you go, Ben. Giants, really. Number there you one. go. 
And I, I wonder if, I mean, you know, we know that these are based in reality and they're also based in part on the movement of the betters. And I wonder if the betters just revolted. Like if the Giants hadn't done anything, I wonder if they would have improved just because the betters liked betting on the Giants for some odd or even reason. Uh, but they went from 20 to 1 to 6 to 1. And 6 to 1 is the second best in baseball. It's just behind the Cubs. And that, it's like double the Dodgers. It's like more, more, wow. than, more than twice as good as the Dodgers. And that's really the big interesting takeaway uh, well, there's, I guess that's a interesting takeaway, but there's also an interesting takeaway in that the Cubs and the Giants are the two teams at the top of this. And, you know, people will probably, I keep using the phrase uh, win the offseason and, and win the offseason is a sarcastic, it's almost an insult these days. It's a, uh, you know, you can't win the offseason and, mm-hmm. uh, and the teams that, that quote unquote win the offseason often underperform uh, like the Blue Jays that one time and like the Padres and like the White Sox and uh, like the Mariners uh, in the in the Sean Figgins uh, offseason. And there's all sorts of examples of teams that, uh, were, you know, made this huge push and we all freak out for nine days in December because they're signing all the good players. And then they're, you know, still flawed teams and maybe it's not always the best thing in the world to add the big stars and so on. So you have probably the world will remember the Diamondbacks. This is being the offseason that the Diamondbacks won the offseason and the Diamondbacks will probably not win the division, and then it'll be another data point in the win the offseason crowd. But really, there are two teams, the Giants and the Cubs, that did the most to change their odds. And in one case, you have the Cubs who did it at like practically no cost to their future. Like, there's very little in terms of adding like excessive liabilities, uh, liabilities, excessive uh, contract obligations uh, in the future, uh, and other than you know the one. But he's going to opt out anyway. And they didn't trade a bunch of prospects to go get guys. They didn't deplete. I mean, really, they didn't really trade any. Did they trade any young player for somebody who wasn't just as young? I mean, Starlin Castro is the only guy that mm-hmm. they moved, right? Yeah. And so they managed to win the offseason without really doing anything whatsoever to hurt their chances in twenty, even 2018 or 2019, which is a remarkable thing, really. And then you have the Giants who probably uh, won't be seen as the win the offseason team because they were already a contender and it was maybe a little bit quieter, as quiet as it can be when you sign three very good and fairly expensive uh, veterans. Uh, But they did probably hurt their long-term chances or at least risk them, right? I mean, Samarja is a lot of money committed uh, and there's no guarantee that he's going to be good even this year, let alone five years from now. And Cueto is a big gamble because he might he might be awesome. He might be a bargain. He might opt out after two years. Or he might have been broken last um, summer. And they might end up stuck with a guy who has, you know, shoulder surgery in June and is never good again. And this is, you know, a Zito type deal. Uh, so they won the offseason, but probably, probably at least risking great expense to their future. Whereas the Cubs did it. Uh, in a pretty amazing, and I like this is, we've spent a lot of time praising the Cubs, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is just another example of it. But uh, that's sort of what struck me is like, A, the Giants, I was surprised to see how much the Giants. And B, it just puts into perspective uh, how impressive the Cubs continue to do this, uh, mm-hmm. that they were able to add so much without doing anything to hurt themselves in the future is like an amazing task. So what was the change in the Dodgers odds? The Dodgers went from 12 to 14. 
Okay. Which so, is which is actually not really any change at all. Right. So little change in the Dodgers, big positive change on the Diamondbacks. Yeah. I assume the Rockies didn't really move. That's correct. And okay. then maybe that's why the Padres dropped. That's probably yeah, that's probably why the had to. Someone um, had to. Huh. Okay. So I wonder if there was was there a perception that the Giants weren't going to do anything, and it was a surprise that they did things that they signed Span and Samarja and Cueto. I guess that was surprising, sort of. It could be. I I don't know. I, I tweeted at the beginning of the offseason, or just actually, I think just a few days before Samarja got signed, that the last player. Okay, so the, what was it? Oh, it, the last like non-Sabian. Right. Player. Sabian basically re-signs all his guys, but hadn't really got signed a player to a big contract in forever. Like the Zito deal was forever ago. And since Zito, I think the only the only free agents he had signed for more than $10 million in total commitment in like seven years were Tim Hudson and Edgar Renteria. Uh-huh. And so I wouldn't have bet that they would get certainly three guys who were... Um, more of a commitment than that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty surprised by their offseason. I would have thought maybe one. They have they, they just haven't really done that. And they already had a fair amount of money committed. They were, it's not like they had a bunch of money coming off the books or anything like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, they've got guys who are locked up, but those guys who are locked up get raises automatically. And so there's this sort of sneaky way that their payroll goes up without you noticing it uh, over the years. And so I think that part of it is probably that they added you know three guys in particular two guys to bolster a rotation that wasn't very good last year uh but probably my guess is just that there was some pent-up love for the giants and that the odds yeah. makers didn't anticipate that people didn't look at the calendar didn't realize it was an even year coming up i already made that joke oh, well you mentioned even as a joke it was subtler <laughs> see that's the point it was subtle <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, I, I was uh, surprised this morning when I looked at this. I also, though, told uh, my dad yesterday that it wouldn't surprise me if the Giants roster this year is projected to win more games than any Giants roster uh, in this recent run of good teams. Like, uh-huh. I, I think that this is, I, I'm not sure, I'll, I'll be interested to see what the projections say, but I think this might be the best team that they've ever had, or not ever, but this the best team that they've had in the post-Bonds era uh, going into a season, uh, which isn't to say that they'll win more games than they've ever won or that they'll win more World Series than they've ever won or anything like that. But just from the pre-opening day outlook, uh, it seems like a team that's better than any that they've had in a long time. And they have a it, a lot of this will hinge on whether Duffy is actually good. Uh, he was such a, a unexpected spike in performance and whether uh, Panic is as good and whether Crawford uh, is on a upward trajectory or whether this was a, a career year and that he's going to regress. Um, but if, you know, if those three guys are good above average major leaguers, they have probably the second best offense in baseball, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. and, uh, and then now they've got a rotation. So it is a good team with a bad bullpen. Uh-huh. And uh, that's not bad. Okay. Can you send me that list? Yeah. All right. I want to know put it? it on the Facebook group. So that if we didn't mention your team, you want to check your team, you can go there and Wait, check it. One more that I'm curious about okay. uh, or that I was interested in. The Astros odds basically didn't move. They went, they got slightly worse from 14 to 18, which relative to everybody else's puts them actually in the 
upper half of winning the offseason. Mm-hmm. And that sort of surprised me, not because the Astros aren't a very good contender. They are. I think they are the favorites in the AOS. I'm glancing. Yeah, they are. They're the favorites in the AOS, and I think that that is uh, probably appropriate. Uh, but I would have expected going into the offseason the Astros to do more than they did. And maybe it was just that they got their big free agent acquisition at the trade deadline in Carlos Gomez, uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it seemed like they're a team that, you know, as we talked about with my random Chris Davis digression the other day, mm-hmm. uh, that would have had room and cause to be more active. Uh, they are a very good team, but they're also a team that you could easily see you know, underperforming their Pythagorean record this year and winning 83 games and missing the playoffs uh, by, uh, you know, by just a small handful. And so why not get better? So I was a little surprised that the Astros odds didn't move because I would have thought the expectation would have been that they would go out uh, and do more than they did. And I'm still somewhat surprised uh, that they didn't. But do you think that they will have Jonathan Luproy when (laughs) the season starts? Have they been rumored to have him? No, no. So okay. far as I know, they have not. However, it makes sense. Uh, it is their second weakest position, probably. They are a team that obviously values framing, as we've seen. And Luke Roy is not only a, a very good hitter when he's on, uh, but an elite framer. Uh, he is not expensive, at least in dollars. Uh, who knows what he would cost? And the Brewers GM was their assistant GM not a year ago. And so it would seem to make some sense that they would have a a good channel of communication there. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Luke Roy wants out. Uh, and uh, this seems like an opportunity. seems like uh, the perfect time for the Astros to make their big move for the offseason. So I uh, am saying it makes sense. And now I'm asking you, will it happen? Well, I would still take the field or no one getting him over any one team getting him. But I guess the Astros are as likely or more likely than anyone else. Yeah. Uh, okay. Would you, who, uh, yeah, all right. I mean, obviously you're not going to say he's they're going to have him. It doesn't make any sense. It wouldn't make any sense to say he's 50% or more likely to nope. go to one team when there are no rumors, but I'm still going to say it. I'm <laughs> okay. flipping this coin and I'm, I'm calling it without looking. I'm saying he is uh, going to be an Astro. So anyway, Did the coin land yet. I'm not sure. What, I honestly, the analogy doesn't, I don't even know where I am in this analogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they, I, I laid the analogy down and then someone put a blindfold on me and spun me around. Right. And I, and I ended up in a different analogy altogether, which is this one, the blindfold one. Okay. All right. I guess it's just that no one else in the division really did anything. Right. I mean, Oh yeah, that's a good point. What, the, we just talked about the Mariners doing some things, but not really improving their outlook significantly. And then, A's and the Rangers and the Angels didn't have active offseason. So. Yeah, that's a good point. The A's got uh, theirs went down. The Rangers went down. Angels went down a lot. By, by more than the Astros. By by relative to the other four teams, the Astros did win the offseason in mm-hmm. the AL West. And maybe that's because of Giles or maybe it's just because uh, they have a better outlook and they didn't need to make as many improvements and everybody decided that the other teams needed to and didn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right, so you can go to the Facebook group, look at the rest of those odds if you'd like at facebook.com slash groups slash effectively wild. You can send us emails at podcast at baseballperspectives.com and you can rate and review and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Please support our sponsor, the Play Index. Go to baseballreference.com, use the coupon code BP and get the discount price of $30 on a one-year subscription. We'll be back tomorrow.